0: I started this podcast damn near four years ago to listen better, especially to women, as my wife had encouraged me not to interrupt, talk over, mansplain, blah, blah, blah. And um, so when I talked to this week's guest, I was um, mindful of that. And there were silences waiting for an answer that topped 30 seconds. There were more than 30 seconds. Uh, that That's an eternity. <laughs> and the, the temptation to fill in the gap, and it turns out she's just very thoughtful. She's just very, very thoughtful. Um, I don't have many friends who are uh, Asian women, even though they make up what a fourth of the world's an eighth of the world's population um and and so uh i'm a curious person it's just where i grew up in south georgia you know there there's not a whole ton of people there it's people who are white and black that that was about it now latino but um mayuko has an interesting story and an interesting background even for Japanese Americans. Um, she's a naturalized American citizen. She shuttled back and forth in grade school between uh, Tokyo and uh, Southern California and New Jersey. And so she has very interesting take and was very intentional about becoming an American. And so I had all sorts of questions about that. She was also bullied As a little girl, you hear her in her very soft voice say they would grab her backpack and sling her around because she was not behaving like someone who was raised in Japan. And that is absolutely fascinating, especially since she grew up to be a karate instructor and to instruct her four children in how to defend themselves, my friend Mayuko.
1: Knowing when to be in a flow and knowing when to be a rock, it's a key not only for martial arts, but also for, uh, for life.
2: This is In Her Words, a podcast from manlisting.com, featuring one man listening to the stories of real women in their own words. In her words, a conversation worth hearing, because every woman deserves to be heard.
0: Hello there, and welcome to In Her Words, the podcast, where I focus on talking to women and listening to them, uh, being curious about them. Mayoko Fukino Hyphen Mayhill, Mayoko Fukino, uh, is from Tokyo and now lives near Rock Hill, South Carolina. Wow, what a transition. So many questions. A person who loves nature, a person who is thoughtful and observant and intentional and instructs her children in yoga and also teaches yoga, but also teaches karate. So many questions. Fascinating history. Uh, Mother of four, teacher, instructor, uh, my friend Mayuko. Where were you born?
1: I was born in Japan.
0: Where in Japan?
1: Tokyo, Japan.
0: That's a huge city.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: you were actually born in the city? I was
1: born in Kiyose City. Um, actually, I was born in hospital in Kiyose City. And I was raised in a city called Higashimurayama. I mean, it was a huge for me when I was a child. (laughs) Tons of fun memories. Like? Um, Like um, going on to, going in a huge field and um, uh, most likely with my parents or with my friends. uh, Flying kites. um, um, Stopping at a little temple. Uh... Looking at the pond and um, playing with the frogs and the insects. Uh, um, and talking to plants and that
0: uh, fun stuff.
1: Picking berries on the way home.
0: So as a little girl, you spoke to the plants?
1: I don't remember speaking to the plants, but I... I thought it was a natural thing, you know, just like uh, you're spending time with your friends and and nobody asked you, did you talk to this person or did you talk, what did you do during that time? So it was, it's, I think I thought that it was a natural thing to do, speaking to plants and speaking to animals and frogs and, you know, insects and such.
0: Did you get anything back from them?
1: I, I had a full-on conversation. I still do, but I, yeah, that was my uh, safe place and comforting place. Felt natural, felt like I didn't even think about it. I felt like, and now I look back, I must felt like I was um, part of it, part of that, I don't know, not even ecosystem. I didn't really probably think about that when I was a child, but. The
0: natural world.
1: Yeah, I felt like that was the place I was. I felt nurtured. It feels good about just thinking about it. Even you know, these days, Like I often think
0: about it. You have a picture behind you, the whole wall is covered in a picture of, I guess those are oaks with ivy in front of them. Mm-hmm. And the more we know about trees, mm-hmm that science discovers trees talk to each other Mm -hmm. and they have almost like a barter system. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so clearly trees are communicating Mm -hmm. in a formal way Mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like we're not listening to trees, but trees are listening to us
1: I, I, I absolutely believe that yeah I um, I still witness that moment um and I'm I'm, I'm so sure that uh, I was in it when I was a child and I, I still do till this day it's it's beautiful thing to be able to see and feel and sense that um trees are communicating and they not just to me but i believe that like you said that trees are communicating with us like uh, giving us a warning or giving us a you know pat on the shoulder in the corner of my eyes like a something is moving i look look out that way and they were too uh no, four total deers out in my backyard. Hmm. And then one of them, like one of them and then I just had a I know, conversation. Uh, we were staring at each other and uh, he, she, um, w- didn't even look like uh, scared or, I don't know, didn't even move. There's no, um, a sign of uh you know you see when they're ready to take off or they hear something that their little ears flickers and such. There's nothing like that. It, w- it was a beautiful moment. And I was, I I loved those moment moments, and that's one of the reasons why I love South Carolina. Mm. Yeah, it's not too far away from city. and but when you go in a little bit, not even the countryside of it. You know, I live in suburb and we still have that moment. I absolutely believe that I'm meant to be in this in this house for whatever the reason or whatever the uh, amount of time that I may be there uh, for. Um, beautiful stream in the backyard and I call it forest, but forest between my house and the stream and this pathway, the uh, footprint of deers and other animals, foxes, uh um not often, but um, once in a while, I, I we have a, a fo- red fox and I myself had the staring contest, <laughs> and it's it's um, yeah. I, I feel connected to that place, not only physically, but spiritually, energetically. It feels good. It feels good, and uh, I know that, that I'm meant to be there.
0: Did your mother tell you anything about her pregnancy, labor, and delivery with you?
1: Um, she had to walk walk in the snow to get to the hospital. It's <laughs> quite a long time, um, but um,
0: by herself.
1: She must have been by herself. My father wa- worked all the time, and whether she was, um, she knew this was the time, so she kind of prepared herself to get there on all on her own. Um, she is a tough woman, so I believe it.
0: Is she still yeah. with us?
1: Yes, yes, she is. Yeah.
0: And for her, your number what of how many?
1: Oh, number one. Yeah. Any any others? And I have a younger sister. She currently lives in Tokyo, in oh. right uh, close to my parents.
0: Well, how is it that you came to the states with your the rest of your family there?
1: Um, I came to the United States. Uh, initially, when I was one, I mean, I didn't come by myself. I <laughs> came out. My, my parents brought me here. Didn't
0: walk in the snow.
1: No, I didn't think so. <laughs> it might have been snow time, but <laughs> I wasn't by myself. <laughs>
0: and where did they come to, and why?
1: Um, so, because of my father's job, uh, we—I believe, if I remember correctly—I landed in Hawaii first. That was more like a part of a trip, and, uh, and came to Costa Mesa in California, and later um, we moved to New Jersey. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I have a little bit of memory there.
0: Um, Where did you go to school in high school?
1: Part of it in Japan, part of it here in the United States.
0: How did you learn English?
1: Um, so I I uh, lived here until five in New Jersey. I, uh, I lost a lot of it, and I think my brain needed a little bit of space to learn Japanese. I returned back here when I was in junior in high school, till end of the junior year.
0: Um, why did you stay here? Why did I stay? That's and your family? <laughs>
1: Um, so, uh, when I was 23, I went back to Japan and, um, thinking about staying there for at least five years. That did not happen. (laughs) It didn't last long. So when I was 26, I came back, uh, to the United States and, uh, where I felt comfortable, I, I didn't get judged Hmm. by that appearance. So that's one of the reason why, um.
0: Where were you living in the States then?
1: So I, I lived in California, ah. uh, Southern California. Um, and then I lived in a place where there are a lot of, uh, a lot of Asian and other, other races, not just one, one race, which were that, that's, uh, that's what Japan is m- m- more, uh, in a lot of places. Mom asked, said to me, asked to me, I don't know which one, but, uh, said, uh, when I, when you are over 50 years old, and, which is, you know, where, that's what, where I am right now, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna wonder, um, what the life it may be if you, you know, if you might choose, uh, living in Japan. And if you wanted to, uh, return to Japan at the age of, uh, over a, over the age of 50. And you might not feel like you're, you belong there in Japan, whether lost and, uh, how to speak Japanese or how to, um, behave as Japanese and something like that, that we had a conversation. And, uh, so if you return, you can still decide which one feels best for you. I just remember the feeling of it. It's it, it triggered me back to when I was bullied uh,
0: mm.
1: when I was in elementary school and middle school time mm. and more mostly in elementary school uh in Japan. Maybe the case that I wanted to believe that the uh people look at me in a certain way. Obviously I look Japanese, um, so they expect me to behave the way they do, and obviously they didn't feel that way, so they uh, waited for me until I'm alone, and they, that way they can um, swing me around uh, phys- physically. Um, I know, grew up by the back of the backpack, and because I was, I'm still tiny, but I was really tiny, so they can, you know, they, they would hold, uh, my back on my backpack while I was carrying my back and swing me around. I mean, those memories will not never delete, get deleted. I have a compassion for the situation or for uh, people who may be going through either way, bully or getting bullied. Uh, if I, without, without that experience.
0: How many kids did you have? I had four. And. Did they ever get picked on?
1: Oh, I'm sure they did. They have, yeah. I mean, did you
0: ever discover it? Were um, you able to sort of counsel them by virtue of your experience?
1: I've always told them that, you know, share share how you feel, uh, express it how you are feeling, consult with, uh, you know, uh, with me or with the, uh, you know, we'll uh, find somebody uh, who can, you know, somebody like a therapist or, uh, or even
0: a school counselor. Did Kara tell me that you teach, you teach yoga? Yes, I do. Did she say you teach karate? Yes, I do. <laughs> Did you teach your kids to defend themselves?
1: Um, yes, I yes I have.
0: Mm-hmm. Were they ever called upon to use those skills?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't, you know, mean it or anything like that, but it just came, came out naturally that uh, they were, they were taught not, not necessarily all by me, but they, you know, they've gone to, uh, self-defense
0: classes. What's the age range? 17 so, to. So,
1: um, my oldest is 20, 25 and 23. 23, she so uh, 23, and uh, 20 and 17.
0: Yeah, pretty evenly spaced.
1: Yeah, two, two years and a little bit apart.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you remember making a decision, I want to be a mom?
1: I always wanted to be a mom.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Um. I remember writing it on the first grade uh, somewhere. It's like, oh, what do you want to be when I grow up? My mom and, uh, and no, no, no. Other than that, like I, I, I remember questioning myself, why is it no, no, no? But, and then the next thing was kindergarten teacher. Um, <laughs> and I was teaching dance, uh, before I moved, um, from California. So, um, I was, uh, um, I love teaching.
0: What's the philosophy behind karate? I, b-
1: I believe it's, uh, very similar to other martial arts. It's, it's very similar to yoga, in my opinion, that knowing what's in you and what's on you and what's around you and to keep that, those three areas and to keeping that healthy boundary. So if, if and when that healthy boundary healthy space is uh is taken then do something to make a make that healthy space healthy boundary so Mm -hmm. martial arts philosophy that, that i think that is uh is uh with um same goes with my my life um so it's not just a, uh, I, I want to b- believe in and I um, I do my best to live in a martial art way.
0: You hear about people who are, quote unquote, "spoiling for a fight. Is there such a way of being and holding yourself that you can be at peace? Or if someone starts in with me, I find a way of, or of moving like water around rock.
1: I love that. I always love that water analogy. <laughs> Bruce Lee talks about in the movies. Be, be like water. Knowing when to be in a flow and knowing when to be a rock. It's a key not only for martial arts but also for, uh, for life. Then, and I know that the bullying can sense I had fear. So they like to get they like to pick on me. I don't know where that p- fear came from. So knowing what's in you, what's on you, what's around you is is the key to be able to
0: be at peace. What year were you born?
1: I was uh, born nineteen sixty nine
0: Do you have dual citizenship?
1: I became a United States citizen in uh,
0: 2015. Wow. So So you've been here quite some time.
1: uh, I've been here since... uh, Before that, I had a green card, so I've been here.
0: I'm dying to ask this. We can edit it out if you don't want to answer. Okay. Did you vote in the 2016 election?
1: 2016? Yes, I did. Of course I did. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that that was a that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to be a um, citizen of the country that where, where where I live, and I want my voice
0: out. That was Hillary yeah, and Trump. I, remember, I mean,
1: <laughs> I I voted for uh,
0: Hillary. Uh huh. Yes. What? Why? Why did you do that?
1: I am not going to align with whoever is going to be a president. 100. percent Right. Number one, I I believe that. Uh, it is time for that a woman can be a president of, I mean, not only United States, but can, I mean, uh, president or prime minister it can be, uh, um, leading any, any countries. So, uh, and then, uh, I know that United States, the one of the leading country for the world. So, um, I believe that we can, we, we should, we should be trying for and see how, uh, president who happens to be a woman can how, how that
0: work out do women have more opportunities in the u.s than they do in japan in business and in politics
1: i believe so mm-hmm. very similar situation in martial arts i mean still a woman in martial arts in whether in the united states or whether in japan is still my minority mm-hmm. uh, it's more uh Male dominant world.
0: Have you ever had a bone broken? No. <laughs> Knock on wood. How how did you avoid that?
1: Well, before I I got involved in martial arts, um, I had so many times that I could have broken my bones, but I never did. So I don't know whether my diet was good or I was you know born that way or. Um, I, I, you know, had, uh, really bad bruises, or, it, uh, often. Uh, I, I wasn't a quiet girl. So, <laughs> you know, I ride bicycle and fell and, um.
0: Did you ever get any fist fights in high school? Uh,
1: not in high school, no.
0: After high school? <laughs>
1: uh, um, uh, a fist fight, no. Uh, but uh, in martial arts, I, I was, uh, um, I was sparring. I competed in sparring. So,
0: yes. In that you way. wear headgear? Yes. You do. Mm-hmm. But you're bare handed?
1: Uh, no. You
0: have uh, gloves. Gloves? Yes. But they're not like boxing gloves. That's correct. You were born precisely one generation after the end of World War II. Yes, that's correct. And you became made the decision to become an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Was it a tough decision? Did you feel sort of a divided sense?
1: Um, uh, no, at that time I I already had four children, so uh, they knew that that's where I want to be. So I had a somewhat, I mean, I didn't have a, the blessing, like actual words or anything like that, but they, they respected my decision and, uh, but they also knew that uh, I lived here long enough. I was um, feel like, I I do feel like I was raised here in the United States as well, you know, as as well as in Japan. But I I believe that my job is to pass on the best of uh, Japanese culture and American culture to my kids. And that way, they can carry on the best of both.
0: What is the best, or the best, the noblest values of Japanese culture?
1: Admire and respect the beauty of life, uh, whether that's uh, nature or ancestors or the food. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they put on the plate has so much stories behind it, um, and I was I was taught to respect and admire that whatever that is on the plate how we became came to the plate but how it became as a plate and there's individual ingredients have a story behind it so i i had my own uh prayer time um you know like to to uh before you even put that food in my into my into to my mouth using sort of like a six senses in a sense to see it to smell it to hear it you know what it what is that about that and then uh, um, and then from that gratitude comes
0: that far too comes often out. I'll woof it down. I don't even think about it. I don't even savor it. I just shovel it in mm-hmm. and I see particularly Christians, even in public places, restaurants, Pause, and they may not say a prayer out loud, but they Mm -hmm. close their eyes. What you're describing is actually an awareness, Mm -hmm. like looking at each thing and thinking about how many hands, how much had to come together, how much rain, how many rail cars, how many trucks.
1: Yeah, my food will be cold by then. But but, but, uh, you know, I I do my best to be uh, taking times and. We often talk about the, how much of a food tastes so good uh, when when we visit my father's hometown. And intention is different, is it not? Or it is? Or I mean that, that discussion goes on and
0: on. But does your father cook, or your mother, or both? Um, my father cooks, but <laughs> it's very
1: intuitive cooking. Yeah, my mother is
0: a uh, is a cook. Yes. What is a dish? that's that you look forward to that-
1: it's a very simple dish that i maybe one or two three ingredients on plate I, I don't know if she intentionally make things but uh sort of like a farm to table intention mm-hmm. so uh very seasonal so when i visit her in the spring then then you know cabbage with the uh, simple vinegar and soy sauce and that Tastes delicious. It's like cabbage has is not the bitter flavor, but a more sweet flavor.
0: How is it cooked? Uh,
1: it's it's more like a pickled version, but uh, it's it's freshly like a kind of soaked in the vinegar really quick, and then just pour a little bit of soy sauce and maybe lemon might be. I'm not sure. So oh, it's crunchy. It's-, it's crunchy, but it's it's not gooey. <laughs>
0: it's not mush.
1: No, it's not and it tastes so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it tastes so good to me uh, that's how I grew up, but
0: um, who made the vinegar? Did it
1: come from the store? Or? I'm sure it came from a store, but I know my mom knows how to how to make things and i um, I grew up having um eczema and asthma issues so mm. my mom was already a good cook, but uh, uh she she did a lot to be able for me to. Intake food safely. That way, I don't have a flare up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, mayonnaise may be made scratch, or I'm sure she knows how to make miso.
0: So you said scratch. eczema and asthma. Yes.
1: When Both. I don't have, a, yeah. When I don't have a flare up, I would have asthma. Asthma. If I don't have asthma, I would have a
0: eczema, eczema flare skin. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is there something your kids come home and they say, "When I'm home, make this." Do they have a favorite that you make?
1: That's not even Japanese, actually. <laughs> my my daughter, one of my daughters said, "How do you make that pasta salad that you always you used to always <laughs> make?" <laughs> That's one thing, but it's I think uh, they um, you know when they come home they want simple. Japanese dish like a uh, salmon and rice and you know veggies. That the dish that they want to eat is uh, probably miso soup.
0: Do you ever go to a Japanese restaurant? I'll put the air quotes, Japanese restaurant, and say this this is not Japanese.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a one place that I like to go in I think I believe in Charlotte. And it's called Musashi. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite.
0: I ask you about the noblest virtues or values of Japan mm-hmm. that you hope your kids will uh, learn from and embody. What are the noblest virtues of the United States of America that you hope that they will embody?
1: Creativity. You can choose to be whoever you want to be. It's, and then, uh, there's many ways to get there. It's not one way. I, I, be, I believe that there's a, a good part in living in a diverse, um,
0: country. When you and I first met, it seems to me that we might have had a conversation about the um, uh, internment camps and how, <laughs> and how um, American history is taught, which is very controversial now. Mm-hmm. Um, ab- about people who want to gloss over really uncomfortable and inconvenient parts in which we have very much not lived up to the ideals of our constitution, our mm-hmm. Bill of Rights how did you learn about the internment camps and how did you sort of explain that when your kids were coming along and learning american history what did they get by virtue of their ancestry from uh, japan i don't know where their father is from let's start with how did you learn
1: i remember Questioning, why is this the only, not even that one page. (laughs) (laughs) Not even one page, maybe one sentence about it when we were learning about World War II Mm -hmm. afterwards. or I learned the details about it. Actually, that was a year ago. When my daughter uh, uh, wrote a thesis, I saw that how Japanese-American I mean, the Japanese who mainly lived, it, uh, uh, born and raised here became trapped in camp and in how they lived their lives in the camp. And, uh, I, until then, until I, I, I had an opportunity to read my daughter's thesis, I, I didn't know that, that, that much of a detail. She had a hard time getting a sources about it even though that's the one she wanted to write about it. That's how much we don't talk about. We don't, nobody writes about it, talk about it. And therefore she had a hard time finding a sources to finish her thesis. Japanese don't even talk about it in that detail. It's almost like uh, they don't want to bring up the wounds in a sense. Japanese-Americans?
0: Um, Japanese. You know, Americans?
1: Japanese japanese in japan Hmm. uh i don't although i'm not i wasn't a good student (laughs) that's maybe the reason why i don't remember it um
0: it's interesting your daughter wanted to study that
1: uh yeah yes Uh, she was a history major and um, she wanted to talk about it but uh, we did have um one uh one of the trips we went to Japan and I took all, uh, three, three girls, not my oldest, but three girls to, um, uh, Hi- Hiroshima Museum. Mm. Uh, we spent well over three hours in one museum and crying, uh, witnessing, watching the video, seeing the, um, actual debris, part of debris, and picture of it, and, you know, how clothing was burned, and, and... I believe my daughter, uh, who wrote a thesis, could not forget about the experience. Uh, somebody asked me, where were your parents when the atomic bomb was dropped? <laughs> and, uh, I don't know exactly where they were. I don't remember if my mother told about it, told about where she was at that time. But I, I, I know uh, she uh, she shared with me uh, during the war how she, even though she was two and a half years old, she remembered exactly what what she was doing, how she was, and she was hearing the um, the sound. That may be the reason why I wanted to share as much as i can to my children what happened and we weren't not going to repeat this anywhere um, anywhere where you live anywhere where you might be and anywhere in the in this world and i made sure and i still make sure that they know we don't do it whatever it takes and then we have a job not to do that again that goes back to martial arts so when we are aware of what happened then from there we, f- we feel that somehow, some portion of it, then then we remember not to do it again. There's always a way to get out of the fight. There's always a way to minimize it.
0: What do you think happens when we die?
1: The body's gone. We go out, uh, our energy, the core, uh, out of the body. and. And then go through um um some kind of training, hey, do you understand sort of like come like I have this in conversation in my head hey, hey what did you learn from this uh this uh, lifetime?
0: Have you what felt you um a connection or close to some particular ancestors of yours?
1: oh yes, definitely
0: are the which ones do you feel most?
1: Uh, my grandfather
0: did you know him,
1: yes. Yes.
0: And so how old were you when he passed?
1: Uh, when I was 16.
0: And what what kind of connection, what is that like?
1: Um, before we received the news about my grandfather passing, we lived in Southern California. Before my mother received a phone call from my uh, grandmother, her mom, mother, I was in my room, still in bed, sleeping and uh my grandfather showed up by my by my bed that's a connection that i have and i still have that visual connection and then sort of like auditorial connection with him
0: how did he seem content, content? content. no peaceful yeah, peaceful did he say anything
1: it was almost like um you know you're going to be fine you're going to do what you're going to do um you know you have a it's almost like a. Sort of like a nodding, and it's like you know exactly what you you need to do in that sense. Don't don't let it get then anybody sway you in. A...
0: So reassuring or encouraging?
1: Encouraging both and reassuring.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't creepy. Or
1: I I know what what it's creepy and what's not creepy. <laughs> um, I've I've seen ghosts, so. Not everybody is creepy. <laughs> not not every <laughs> ghost are not uh, are creepy, but it's uh, I just know the intention. I sense the intention. I I I have uh, set more than several encounters. So um
0: do you seek them out?
1: I don't seek them out, not always. Unless Oof. somebody was asking me do they have somebody or like that then i don't seek them no i'm more in tune than no it's not that's not i'm more aware of my intuition so when i was seven i found that not everybody sees things that we're not supposed to see or so how did
0: you find that out
1: so i found out um, so we we were not supposed to take this back route, but uh, there was a back route to get home faster. And then we had to go through a, a hospital. And I thought that was a natural thing to see the body hanging out of a,
0: a hospital window. And-, and did you share this with somebody? And they said, no, we don't see it. Do you remember? Yeah, I know exactly. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Who said? So
1: that was my classmate.
0: And you told them what you saw and they were like
1: And I go, why are they keep on yelling, I mean staring at us and waving at us? Like who are you talking about? Right there. Can't you see? Right there <laughs> That was a conversation. Second like no like a third floor or something. I got oh my god, that she is gonna jump off or something or go over accidentally, some something down that line. And then, like, no, that the window is closed. What? But uh, the creepiest one was when I lived in Southern California. I was seventeen. I was uh, taking a nap or something, and I, I woke up. It's because I felt like somebody was looking at me right close by, and I opened my eyes, and there this little girl.
0: Like, <laughs> on <Biden>. her hands <laughs> yeah. over the bed
1: like this <gasps> so that was a creepiest moment but uh, i know that to be true that uh, she doesn't have no harm that she just wanted somebody
0: but um, it was startling
1: yeah i wasn't expecting it <laughs> like, <laughs> <want> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: well she knew the person to come to who could see her
1: yeah she was looking for somebody for sure
0: and People want to be seen.
1: Yes. And then heard.
0: And heard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah whether that's, uh, you know, without a body or with the body.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: I agree. I completely agree.
0: I always ask this question sure. if you and I got struck by lightning today mm-hmm. and the only thing that survived was this little piece of audio, mm-hmm. what is your legacy?
1: Be kind. Yeah. Be kind to yourself and to others. Uh, knowing what you are, who you are.
0: How do you figure that out?
1: Ask questions <laughs> to yourself. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about title. You know? I'm not oh, even I talking know. about moms or, you know.
0: I know. Who knows you best in this world? Hmm, other than me.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, my husband.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. If he spoke.
1: Mm-hmm
0: at a memorial, mm-hmm. or if you could speak mm-hmm. at your own memorial, mm-hmm. what would you say to the people there?
1: Oh, you know she's around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's right here watching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing that came
2: up
1: to me. Yeah, yeah. So sit up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, continue practicing, finding out who you are and what's uh, what's what's in you, what's on you, what's around you, you know, and then be the person who you uh, who you want to be. You have a you are the creator of your own own reality, your own life. Do that.
0: Nobody else can.
1: Nope. Everybody else is taken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mayuko, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mister Short.
0: God bless. You probably heard me mention Kara, who is Kara uh, Truitt, who is a prior guest of the podcast, and she put us together. Kara uh, is the art of you, um, and she does all kinds of different workshops. Kara Truitt. So, thank you, Kara, for putting me together with Mayuko, and I hope we can get together and break bread sometime really soon. I learned so much. Thank you.
2: In Her Words is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network in cooperation with Balto Creative Media. Allison and Andrews at Andrews Creative, Rachel Clapp Miller, and Roshonda Pratt are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins & Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review. It really helps others find us. If you love us, go to our Patreon page at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot Look for Man Listening, one word, no spaces. A small investment makes a big difference in lifting up the voices of women.
0: A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported ManListening.com, In Her Words, the podcast, and VoiceLocket.com. My new venture, Onward and Upward. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for your support. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks so much.